Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Friday to you. There's a lot we can talk about today. And looking forward to talking to you about all of it. Also taking your phone calls, 508-996-0500. Taking your app chat messages on the WBSM app. And uh, and as I said, we have a lot that we can discuss. We will also have at 1030 this morning, we'll be joined by City Council President Linda Morad for her regular appearance here on the program. And this morning joining her will be Ward 3 City Councilor-elect Sean Oliver. Uh, Sean Oliver will be uh, sworn in at 6 p.m. tonight at City Hall in the council chambers, and he will... Hit the ground running because uh, there's no there's no um, honeymoon period here like there would be if he was elected in November and was taking over in January. Uh, this is a seat that has been vacant since the beginning of December, and there's a lot of business that needs to get done. So he will be sworn in tonight and be involved in all the council business right away. So, and, and of course, <laughs> right away is coming on with City Council President Linda Morad this morning. And uh, we can talk with you. I want to talk with them a little bit about that process and, you know, how this will be different than a normal adjustment period for a freshman counselor. Somebody who comes in and has the benefit of a couple of months of getting ready. I'm sure, you know, and we can ask uh, Sean Oliver when he comes on. I'm sure he has spent some time studying the way that things work, studying Robert's rules of order. But, you know, it's, it's, it's different when you're actually sitting there in the chair and uh, everything's now for real. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that process and some other things as well. And of course we will get his reaction uh, because we haven't heard back yet. We will get his reaction later to this planned protest that is happening at new Bedford high school. It'll be taking place just before 1 PM. The, the plan is for it to take place from 1240 to 140. And I don't know exactly the details. Uh, I did respond to the email that put out the press release, but have not heard back from them. Uh, so I don't know exactly what the details are, if they will be doing you know, a, a full-out walkout from the school. I assume so. It seemed that way from the email. But um, again, I didn't verify that that was definitely the case. We are going to have uh, Kate Robinson will be over there covering it. And also Brian Thomas will be there, and he'll be calling into Barry's show uh, during, you know, normally he, he talks with Barry on Fridays and he will be calling in from New Bedford High School uh, during this time period. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how they execute this plan. 
but it was the, the email came out at about 9.03 last night. It went out to all of the elected representatives in the area. It went out to some of the Boston media. Now, I think that the reason it went out to the superintendent of schools, it went out to all of the city councilors, it went out to the mayor. Not on the list was WBSM. And I, I hope that that wasn't the reason why nobody's replied to my email. I would like to think it's because I sent the email at 10 p.m. Kids got up, kids get up, they got to go to school. I also said if somebody would like to join us, I would love to have you, but it would have to be somebody who is over 18 or I would have to have written permission from your parents. So that may be a little bit something that's hard to coordinate with just a couple hours notice when they woke up this morning and saw the email. But the offer is out there, if anybody is listening, to call in. And I know they've been playing some clips of some of the students as well that, uh, that called into Fund 107. And we can, we can play that as well coming up during the program. But I hope if, if any of the students are listening... I, I would hope that you would consider if you have the opportunity calling in and, and sharing with us because I don't know how you feel about some of the other adults that are dealing with this press release that you put out last night and this planned protest, but I take it seriously. I think that some of their demands, and we'll we'll get into what their demands are. They They put out their list of demands for this protest. I think some of them are probably not going to happen, but some of them should happen. And they're not calling for, you know, Sean Oliver to step down before he's even sworn in. But let me let me give you a little bit of the background of their point. You can read more about this at WBSM.com and on the app. But they are exercising their constitutional right to peacefully protest. That's the, the terminology that they use in the press release that it'll be LGBTQ students of New Bedford High School and their allies will be exercising their constitutional right to peacefully protest. Uh, this is directly quoted from their press release. The LGBTQ community and women were the recipients of hateful, homophobic, transphobic, misogynist Facebook posts from newly elected Ward 3 City Councilor Sean Oliver. When confronted, Oliver stated, I guess we're doing something right that statement lets us know that these are his core beliefs. And, you know, as he pointed out when he called into the program on Tuesday, he did say in a Standard Times piece to Frank Mulligan, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was something about, you know, I'm, I didn't mean to hurt anybody with these posts. That's not an apology. That's, I, I, I didn't think that it would hurt anybody's feelings. But it did. It did. And it made some people afraid about the way that you might want to represent Ward 3 and citizens of the city overall. And these students who attend a school that is in Ward 3 are expressing those concerns. They say thousands of students and teachers spend six-plus hours in Ward 3 each day, and we should feel safe in the neighborhood that educates us. Instead, we feel threatened and completely unsafe by the counselor and the people who voted for him. And for those of you who hear that and say, well, that doesn't, that's not a valid feeling to have, what is the city counselor going to do to you? 
Let me repeat that. We feel threatened and completely unsafe by the counselor and the people who voted for him. Now, that's not to say that everybody that voted for Sean Oliver would support hateful, transphobic, homophobic, and misogynistic statements. Certainly not. But since this story came out, I've heard a lot of people who have come out and said, it's not that big of a deal. They were funny. They were just jokes. Get over it. Those are the people that they are concerned about. The people who aren't taking into account what their feelings are and the way that they are processing it. Uh, so we re this is coming back to the press release now. We researched and learned we researched and learned that the elected adults in New Bedford were silent and never spoke out or condemned Sean Oliver's posts. Why? Who is really protecting us? Not the school resource officers that are represented by the New Bedford Police Union, a union that continued to endorse Mr. Oliver after his social media posts were revealed. Now, some might look at that and say, well, that's that's a stretch to assume that there is a problem with the police. And, and, and that they feel that endorsing him ties them into those at all. I, again, I think that that's too much of a leap, but I understand it as a, as a concern. And you would like to, you know, at least get a statement from those that endorsed him that say, we endorse the candidate, we endorse the work that we think that he will do for Ward 3, we don't endorse those posts. That's, that's what they're looking for there. Uh, well, actually, they're looking for more than that. We'll get into that when we get into their demands. Uh, so we are standing united with each other because the adults in charge failed us. We have a right to live our truths without fear and hate. And that's one of the core issues with LGBTQ plus students and the public. That for some reason, adults feel that it's easy to dismiss what these kids feel, what they think, that they're unable to think for themselves that they're somehow being controlled by, you know, different people in the community or different people with agendas or parents that want to, you know, that think it'll be, um, you know, make them popular or, 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 or interesting to have an LGBTQ plus child. So they're being, they're being, these kids aren't allowed to be kids. They're just being influenced by all these outside forces, making them into something that they don't want to be. And what they're saying is, no, this is who we are and who we want to be and, just shut up all that stuff and listen to what we're saying for once. And so they feel that they don't have that right. And that's why they're protesting. So here are their demands. Some of these, I think, are, are reasonable. And some of these, I think, should happen. Others, I think, are probably not going to happen. The first one is that the New Bedford Public School Administrators and the New Bedford Police Department must not impede on their right to peacefully protest. Keep your distance from protesters. Uh, that's just making sure everybody stays safe. Uh, you know, I don't think that there's going to be any issue where... We've, we've seen protests happen before in New Bedford schools. I don't think there's going to be any issue where the police or the administrators come and, you know, put their hands on students and try to bring them back to class. Uh, two, every elected official in our city must individually explain why they chose silence over hate. I think that's a fair ask and an unfair ask at the same time. I think it's okay to ask them to condemn 
which is number three, every elected official must individually condemn Sean Oliver's social media posts. I think that that's a fair ask. I think asking them to explain why they chose silence over hate, that's that's putting it a little bit too a little bit too simply. Number four, every elected official must condemn hate and violence towards women, LGBTQ, and uh, BIPOC, you know, that's uh, black, indigenous, people of color communities. And I think that that is something that a number of them have already done. So I don't think it would be a stretch to get them to reiterate that. Uh, number five, as a leader of our school, Superintendent Thomas, and Thomas Anderson must adhere to number one, which is, you know, allowing them to, to peacefully protest. He also must condemn Sean Oliver's social media post and explain why he was silent when the New Bedford Police Union supported hate, which trickles down to students. Well, I think it's I think it's fair to ask Thomas Anderson to condemn those statements if the students are are upset about it. Number six, remove school resource officers out of our schools. If the New Bedford Police Union and police officers can endorse hate, are LGBTQ students and girls and women safe? I don't think that that's going to happen. And I think if school resource officers do eventually get removed from schools, it won't be solely because of this issue. That's a larger community conversation that has been ongoing. There has been some of that undercurrent of that conversation going. Um and this will certainly enter into some of that conversation. And number seven, the South Coast LGBTQ network must make a public statement and explain why they were silent. As I point out in the article, um, Andrew Pollack called in to South Coast tonight. He's the president of the South Coast LGBTQ plus network. He called into Marcus's show Monday into South Coast tonight when they were discussing this. Um, and this was just after Sean Oliver had called in and discussed, but still didn't apologize for the statements that he made. So Andrew Pollock came and gave his opinion, but he made it very clear at the beginning. It was his opinion as a gay man and as someone who knows transgender people, not as speaking on behalf of the network because they are a nonprofit. So he can't do that. You know, if this was an organization that he started and ran and didn't have all of these other things associated with it, he could speak on behalf of the organization. He probably still, you know, I'm sure would choose not to because most individuals that are part of a, an organization, when they do that, they, they do express that they're speaking for themselves. But the organization could put out a public statement. Why they chose not to, I don't know. But they could have put out, you know, meeting with everybody getting on the same page, drafting a statement, clearing it with everybody else, and then putting it out. I don't know why they didn't do that, or if they did, maybe they did, and I missed it, and the students missed it. But he did call in and share his own thoughts, which were, you know, obviously, he was disheartened by the social media posts by Sean Oliver in in his comments, so... But that, again, that was him as an individual. So those are the demands that the students have, um... Students, if you're listening, I would tell you that I support your right to protest. I would also be flexible and understand that not all these demands are going to be met. Certainly not all of them are going to be met today. 
but you are not wrong in asking for them. Just understand that there will have to be, first of all, some compromise. And and secondly, some of it is just out of the realm of what can instantly be done. But I think asking elected officials, asking the South Coast LGBTQ plus network, asking school officials to condemn that, it's kind of an easy ask because many of them would already. Not in these demands, which I found interesting, was asking for an apology from Sean Oliver. Which some are still calling for because his comments have not been expressed. I am sorry for the content of the things that I shared on Facebook. But that was not one of their demands. And this is going to be characterized as, and I've already seen it characterized as this on social media. This is Carmen Amaral's doing because she lost the race. She's upset she lost the race. She's a sore loser. I don't think that, that that's the case. And secondly, I'm really getting tired of people's inability to accept that 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids can think for themselves. You can call in all you want and, and send app chat messages saying, you know, when I was a kid that age, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea about anything. I was just a dumb teenager. You know, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but, you know, we are all thinking about other things. But not every kid is like that. I knew plenty of kids that were politically active before they could even vote. And today's climate is so much different than it was when I was in school. I graduated in 1996. So the climate in schools is a lot different today than it was then when it comes to how involved kids are in these issues because these are issues that are affecting them. I'm just trying to think of some of the things, you know, we as students stood up for when I was in high school. I'm sure there were some, but I can't think of them right now. But they were not these, these societal issues that had direct effects on us. It was more like we didn't like that the school did this. Or the school put this policy into effect without consulting us. Oh, I, I, I know one situation that happened there were some students at Wareham High when I was there that wanted to start a prayer group in the morning where they could get together and have a prayer before the school day started this wasn't part of you know the bell hadn't rung yet it was something that they wanted to do and they I don't know if they started doing it at the flagpole because that was the compromise that they made or if that's where they were always doing it. I forget. And a few of the folks that were in that group might be listening. They can let me know the, the specifics. But they wanted to have a prayer group and they wanted to do it before school. And they just wanted permission to be allowed to congregate in this spot. And there was a compromise made. They were allowed to do that. They called the group Meet me at the flagpole. Now, that's because the school can't, because of this, you know, the idea that you know, church is not supposed to be part of the school curriculum. Religion isn't supposed to be part of the public school curriculum. 
they couldn't allow it to be called prayer group. Or maybe they were just nervous if they did let it be called that, that it might cause an issue. So they just gave it a different name. But they allow the students to get together. They allow the students to congregate every day because I would walk by them as I was on my way into class, on my way into the building. They would meet at the flagpole. They would pray and they'd go in and they'd have their school day. I didn't see anything wrong with it then. I don't see anything wrong with it now. They, they handled it the best way that they could. I'm sure if the school felt confident that they could have it be called the prayer club, they would, allowed that, would have allowed that to happen. But there was probably just some concern about the way that that would be viewed. And plus, prayer might be a, not the term that some people that were observing that opportunity used. There might have been people that did it in reflection or in meditation or what have you. But it was, as far as I know, the group remained through the time I was in high school. I don't know if it remained after that. But there's a, they even have a, a, a group photo in the school yearbook. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens today. Again, it's happening this afternoon. We will have Kate Robinson there. We will have Brian Thomas there. He'll be calling into Barry. What I will recommend is whether you support the students or you oppose the students, stay away. Don't show up at the school and turn what should be a peaceful protest that will just take a couple of hours into something more than it needs to be. I think that they'll... You know, they'll, they'll keep the public distant from the students. If the students do go outside, I believe it's going to be a, a decent day, so they, they might go outside. And if they do, and the, 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 the police or the school administrators or whoever try to keep your distance from the students, understand why they have to do that. It is school property. It is during the school day. And there will be students that are underage that would need to be protected. In fact, I was already, you know, telling, report, uh, you know, our reporters about it. I said, you know, there's there's a chance the school might not let you get too close or interview any kids or anything. Just expect that that might be the case. Anyway, 508-996-0500. I have to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Boys get... back in 508-996-0500 you can call in or you can hit us up on app chat on the wbsm app the wbsm app brought to us by our friends at south coast towing that's why we're able to offer you so many cool options in the app like being able to stream the audio hear the podcast on demand to be able to send us app chat messages or video or news tips or audio or photos or whatever you want to send to be able to uh, get all of the breaking news alerts, live weather and traffic, all that stuff. It's all thanks to South Coast Towing, and uh, you can download it from your app store. And then it's really easy to send in a message. It's like texting us in the studio. Sometimes we'll read it on the air. Sometimes we might text you back. And, uh, and we have a message from Dave in Swansea 
who just sent a emoji of a clown and an emoji of a world. And uh, just to note, Dave has not sent an app chat message until since since the time that we have the old Rochester students on. So, and he said, yeah, these kids don't have an agenda back then. I thought you were going to speak to random students, not the activists. That would be a short conversation, though, I guess. That was all about the previous discussion. And now he just sends a clown emoji and a, and a globe emoji, a, a world emoji. So it's funny that you are worried about other people's agendas, Dave, when you obviously only have one yourself. You only want to send in a message when it's about a topic that obviously makes you uncomfortable. Uh, and then always watching in New Bedford with the stupid comment of the day. It's quite clear this is your sweet spot. Something to say? What a typical bigoted thing to say when discussing these issues. Oh, there's something that you're trying to hide. No. There's nothing I'm trying to hide except for the fact that I have compassion and empathy for other people. That I listen to the things that concern them and that I care about the things that might make them upset. If you want the toughen up kids, life's going to be hard. Deal with it. You can tune into that show at 1215. That's Barry's approach. That's Barry's take on it. My approach on it is marginalized people in the community have just as much of a voice as you do. And to, to write back, remember, it's 3% of the population. They've never had so much attention. First of all, it's not 3% of the population. It's 3% of the population that feels comfortable enough to come out and talk about this. It's 3% of the population who have felt emboldened enough and, and safe enough or brave enough to step forward and live the life that they want. I'm going to guess there's a lot of people that would increase that percentage if there wasn't so much hate and bigotry against them out there. And I don't care if it's .0005% of the population. They matter just as much as you do. And their voice matters just as much as you do. The majority rule idea when it comes to somebody's personal comfort and safety, when it comes to somebody's ability to live the life that they want, show me in the Constitution where it says we will give people the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of what they think is happiness based on what a majority of the population believes. Because I'm pretty sure that that's not what was guaranteed by the founders of this country. It was that anybody can live the life that they want to live, you know, obviously within the bounds of the law. Not 97% of the people and the 3% of the people don't matter. And I don't know why that's so hard for people to understand because sometime you are going to be in the 3% of something. You will be in the 3% of something and you will want to make sure that your voice matters just as much as the other 97%. I mean, people who are Christians are starting to become a minority, right? 
religion is fading into the background for a lot of people. Organized religion. People still have spiritual beliefs, but they're less and less, you know, going to church, following all the traditions, going through all the dogmatic principles, all of that. People still have a spiritual belief, but they just don't necessarily feel the need to observe all, all of the steps and traditions associated with it. And that's been an ongoing trend for, you know, decades. And so if people who are of any particular religious belief are in a minority, imagine telling them, well, your beliefs don't matter because you're just, you know, you're 36% of the population. The other 64%, they matter more than you. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's 3%. It has to do with the fact that it's 3% that you don't like or agree with. But that doesn't mean that they have less of a say. 508-996-0500, you are next on WBSM. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Doing well. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, I don't want to comment on anybody's right to protest or anything like that, First Amendment, etc., uh, my, my my simple question is this. Have you ever found something funny that may have offended somebody else? Yeah, and if I did and somebody told me they were offended by it, I would say, well, then I'm sorry that I laughed at it. I didn't realize what your perspective on it was. Okay, but 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 you found something funny that did offend somebody else. So it is, it is possible to find something funny that may offend somebody else. Now I'm going to ask you another question. Um so, so you said that if you found out, if you found that somebody was offended by it, you 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 apologize to them, okay? But well, if you were in a group of people, and the group of people found something funny that may or may have offended something else, there was nobody there to apologize to, right? Well, I've also learned by paying attention to the things that offend people to realize that things aren't funny over time too. My, what my what I think is funny has evolved. I think part of that is my own maturation as a person. I mean, obviously, we, we're dopier as kids, and we find things funnier as kids than we do when we're adults. So there's part of that. But also realizing that some of this stuff is hurtful has wiped it from being possibly funny in my mind to begin with. Okay. So so when you were younger, even now, um, do you ever listen to it? Did you ever listen to any stand-up comedians? Sure. Okay. So... And, and you got to admit that a lot of stuff that the stand-up comedians do, probably 99% of it, could be offensive to somebody, um, including whatever whatever uh, whatever character or class or ethnic group that, that uh, or race that that comedian may be, correct? Well, does that make it right, though, just well, because they're doing it within the confines of stand-up comedy? I think Jeff Dunham is so, one of the most racist acts that I've ever seen, but people still go and sell out every show that he does. So how about comedians like... Um, Eddie Murphy or Red Fox or George Carlin. Well, George Carlin wasn't racist, first of all. Well, well, now hang on a second. Okay, yeah, and and how about Eddie Murphy? I think judging somebody's comedy from their own experience is a little bit different because so, so, they're they're so, out there. Uh, let me, go ahead. They're out there telling their experience and, and speaking from the experience of their community. So if you look at like Jewish comedians, Jewish comedians can go out there and, and make some of these jokes about some of their traditions. Now, they would never make jokes about being thrown in the ovens, but they might make jokes about some of their traditions. If somebody else okay. comes out and makes a joke about that tradition, it can be offensive. So um, when Richard Pryor picked on everybody there was in, in the world, um, you, you think that that was offensive or it wasn't offensive? I think that it certainly would be offensive today as people have become more sensitive to some of the language that was used and the, and the, and the ideas that were used. 
Okay. La, la, then, and the last question: If somebody, if, if somebody, well, not, and then I have one more comment. If mm-hmm. if somebody, if you hear somebody make a comment that you think may be offensive to somebody else, but it's not offensive to you, does that offend you? Um, I I look at it. I, it's hard to say that I get offended by it. I it's more of a a cringe factor. It's more of a ooh, I don't know that you should say that anymore kind of thing. But it's not. So, I don't. La- I don't get outraged on behalf of other people. Okay. So, uh, so, so the last thing, um, and and I just want to comment, and I think you already answered this when you said that um, you know people should be should be sensitive to um, that part of society that feels that they may be marginalized. Uh, and then you actually answered answered my question when you said that at some point. Everybody in society is part of that three percent, and and they and they can be marginalized. So, it's 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 kind of it's kind of a moot point, isn't it? What do you mean? Well, I mean, if if anybody anybody can be marginalized at some time, um, you you need to be. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how to. Uh, I don't know how to how to phrase it. That, are, are, that, uh, are you saying it, that it's, it's just, it's just, no, it's just part of society. It's part of the world that, that anybody can be offended or can be part of a group that is, uh, is in a particularly uh, sensitive situation at any point. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean that you don't have the conversations okay. about it. But it's, it's, it's just part of society. Don't you think? Yeah. It, it does. That doesn't fly for me. That's not enough of a reason to, to let somebody be hurt by something. And to continue well, doing so, it. So, so I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, everybody everybody is susceptible to some kind of uh, um, some kind of criticism, um, some kind of uh, some kind of uh, um, uh, some kind of hurt. I guess it's all what you do with with, uh, with that, um, you know, and 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 that that's what forms the person. Don't you believe that? It is possible to live in a world where that doesn't happen. You believe that? Absolutely. No. Absolutely. No, it isn't. Well, the, the, and, and so you're coming at it from a, from a perspective of, you know, somebody's always going to be offended by something, so don't worry about when somebody gets offended because everybody gets offended eventually. Like, that's not, a, so, that's not a good way to approach somebody internalizing something that they felt was targeting them as a human being. So you know what's all, what's what I've seen and, and what may have been my experience at one point or another, um, Mr. Weisberg, is that generally the people that want you to be sensitive to and be nice to other, everybody even the people that aren't nice to you are people that want to take advantage of you i don't know that i agree but we'll agree to disagree have a great day you as well and uh, i enjoy you know being able that i think that was a great way to have a conversation you know we we each got to make our points we walked away saying we probably won't agree on it but we can have another conversation uh, again in the future but you know it, it's it's kind of like it popped into my mind you know saying that it's it's not a big deal to get offended by these things because there's there's far worse things you can be offended by that's like the equivalent of you know somebody having a a a, a big bruise on their arm and you keep poking that bruise and like, stop that. That hurts. And you say to them, well, it could be worse. I could have cut off your arm. It doesn't mean that it hurts any less when you poke them in the, in the bruise. Especially when it happens all the time. You know, if, if this happened and then people had moved on from these types of jokes and, and we said that, you know, this isn't something that we do anymore. Then, okay, it's, it, it's okay to say, hey, 
listen, we've moved past that. You need to move past that too. But that's not the situation. These are constant, constant things that happen. And you know what? Like, it's not, it doesn't really offend me or it doesn't really upset me as much that Sean Oliver shared these posts as it does that he's had numerous opportunities now to say, I don't support the content of those memes, yet he has not done that. 508-996-0500. I'll take a call. We'll be right back. 1420 WBS. In 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or you can hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. Um, Robert Cabral in New Bedford says Family Guy has it right. We need to laugh at ourselves. Uh, and I think Family Guy has even gotten to the point where they've pulled back. They used to be a lot more, um, they used to go a lot harder uh, at that approach. And I think that that's been kind of pulled back a little bit too. I don't know how much of that is just growing you know, sensitivity to some of those issues and how much of that is how much Disney is wrapped up with Fox now. I think that that's probably more the latter of it. Um, always watching in New Bedford says, what's your take on J.K. Rowling? I think the things that she's put out there are horrible, but I also my opinion of J.K. Rowling is tainted anyway uh, because she stole a lot of local legends and, and, and kind of misappropriated them. And uh, that, that really kind of ticked me off when that happened. And that was even before the comments that she made. Um, Dan in New Bedford says people need to grow up you can't say anything in this world without offending someone so grow a pair and if you're going to protest do it peacefully don't make it everybody else's problem well these kids are protesting peacefully they're not trying to make it anybody else's problem I'm offended that this radio station doesn't have other hosts that I agree with that accept app chat messages because I can't call during the day well I'm sorry if uh, if you're offended that not everybody agrees with you Dan but that's life toughen up right isn't that what you just said so maybe you need to do the same and Emma uh, New Bedford says, you don't bring on abused women or homeless people or bring you only bring on gay LGBTQ people. You say you have empathy only for these two groups. Um, well, first of all, no, I have empathy for everybody, but I'm not going to say to a bunch of abused women. Hey, why don't you come on and tell your story? If a group reaches out and wants to come on and discuss it or if it comes up in the news and it's relevant, we do so. Jim Phillips has them on all the time. You know, different groups. I don't mean particularly abused women, but he has different community groups on all the time. Uh, and also, to think that I don't have empathy for homeless people, I don't know if you've missed the time that I mentioned this, but I was homeless multiple times myself. And I have a lot of empathy for homeless people. And we talk a lot about it here on the program. And when we talk about it, I've come out and said directly that I don't like the stigmas that people put on homeless people. But yet, have we had more group, more guests on from this community? Yes. And you know why? Because it has to have airtime. And who else is doing it? So we're going to do it here, right? I mean, you want to program the show? Apply to be a producer. We're not hiring. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, uh, we will take our final break of the hour and we will come back. We'll, we'll be talking in the next hour. We can take some phone calls at the beginning of the hour at 1030. We're going to be joined by City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-elect Sean Oliver. Uh, he'll only be Councilor-elect for another few hours. He's going to be sworn in tonight at 6 p.m. And we'll get his response to this protest that is being planned at New Bedford High. 
I don't want to make that the, the, the topic of the entire conversation with him today, though. There are other questions that I want to get to um, with him and Council President Morad, including just the process of coming into this, because it will be very different for somebody elected in a special election than somebody who's elected in November, you know, coming in as a freshman counselor and having the chance to, uh, to, to, to get ready and to ramp up. Uh, he's not going to have that opportunity. He's going to have to hit the ground running uh, as of Monday, and really, actually, as of Saturday, because he'll be representing Ward 3 from 6 o'clock tonight on. So um, that'll be something that we'll discuss as well. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, we will have things open. I'm trying to get the reporter that wrote the article about the incident with the New Bedford police. The Boston Globe article, this big big bombshell report that came out uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, forget. But this report that came out about the Tuesday, about the um, incident in which, no, Wednesday. I can't tell what day it is anymore. Don't listen to me. The detective who was having a relationship, an intimate relationship with a woman who was also the fiance of an alleged drug dealer and whether or not he was utilizing that relationship to get information to help with the case against her fiance without letting her know that she was a criminal informant. And there's lots of nuances to the story. So I'm trying to get the reporter to come on. He was unable to join us this morning. Hopefully he can join us sometime early next week and we can dive into that a little bit more. Right now, though, I've got to dive into a break. We'll be right back. If you want to hear everything. Before that, I just want to take a moment to tell you about my friends over at Precision Window and Kitchen because, that listen, I've been talking about them now for a couple of weeks and I know some of you out there are still sitting there looking at that busted pane of glass thinking to yourself, oh, I'll, I'll call eventually, I'll call eventually. It's only going to get worse. Just because the weather's turning doesn't mean that it's going to make it easier. You're going to start to get all kinds of wind and rain coming through those cracks and holes. And don't, think about this. If you've got a busted screen or a busted window, the insect season is right around the corner. So call Precision Window and Kitchen now because they can handle all those big jobs. They can replace every window in your home. They can replace your entry doors. They can fully remodel your kitchen or bath. But they'll also do the small jobs that the other people just don't want to do. They'll fix a broken pane of glass or they'll fix a torn screen. They'll come to you. They'll take it out. They'll bring it to their shop. They'll fix it. They'll bring it back. They'll reinstall it properly. They've been doing it for over 35 years. They are family owned and operated and they want to make you part of their family as well. No job is too big. No job is too small. Precision Window and Kitchen is the South Coast's clear choice for windows, doors, kitchen and bathroom models, repairs, and more. You can stop by and see them at 1111 Cushion Avenue in New Bedford. You can call them at 508-990-3576 or visit them online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. That's precisionwindowandkitchen.com. And as I mentioned, you know, we will have the phone lines open coming up after the news uh, for the first half hour of the 10 o'clock hour. And then at 1030, we'll be joined as we are each week by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. We will also be joined by Ward 3 Councilor-elect Sean Oliver. And uh, we will get his take on what's going on with this planned protest today. Students at New Bedford High School announced today that they are planning a walkout this afternoon. Well, they're planning a protest this afternoon. That's the way they put it. They're going to peacefully protest this afternoon. And they are protesting the fact that Sean Oliver's Facebook comments, his, his Facebook memes that were you know, reposts, these weren't things that he put up directly. These were things that he shared from other pages uh, that they feel like they haven't been properly addressed by the adults that are supposed to be looking out for them. So they are making a list of demands. We can go over it again, but you can read it for yourself at WBSM.com or on the app. They have a list of demands 
including that the elected officials, the superintendent of schools, and that others come out and condemn these posts. And we haven't really heard that very much. And we haven't really heard a full-throated apology from Sean Oliver for what he posted. So I think that they are right to to want to ask for these things. And, and, and the fact that people just so simply want to dismiss the way that they feel. I got some news for you. These are the kids that are going to be running the country. Sometime in, your, in most of your lifetimes. So I wouldn't be so dismissive about their political organizing power, about their commitment to the... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.